And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. 25 to 5, Luke Smith from Envision Financial has joined me in the studio. Why? Because I was falling apart without him. <laughs> oh, please. Did you please. like that? It's a well-oiled machine in here. I'm just the grease that keeps things moving. Absolutely. Well, it seems it's Friday again already. I don't know how that happened, but it has come around quickly once again. Has it ever? Today we're talking about uh, interest only, uh, which is an option. When you borrow money, you can choose to pay Mm. back principal and interest, or you can choose to pay back interest only. So, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Uh, Is there a reason why you might choose one over the other? Yeah, look, Spot on, and I think this has come up four or five times this week, so I thought it would be a a, a suitable topic just to try and get people thinking around why and what it really means because the older portion of the community that come in, they hear the words interest only and you can see the sweat beating on their forehead and they lead in very quickly with, but I want to pay it off. Now, in the old days... That was exactly why you used interest only, because you didn't want to pay down your principal and you just paid enough to cover the interest cost of borrowing the money from the bank, okay? The exact opposite of principal and interest, where you pay some of the interest and pay back some of the money that you've borrowed. When we think about interest only, people need to keep in mind, why would I use it? Now, it's not that one's better than the other, this is better than that or that's better than this. It's about why you're doing what you're doing. Interest only is great where you want to minimise the amount of money that the bank takes from you by way of a monthly payment for the money that you have borrowed. With that in mind, I am pro-offset account and always have been. And I always say to people, borrow interest only, have an offset account tied to it so that if you can save, receive money, sell an asset, you can pay off the loan and achieve the outcome that you're after by filling up the offset account. So using an interest-only loan is about saying, what is the strategy for the asset that I am borrowing for and what am I trying to achieve? Now, a lot of people also say, well, I've had an interest-only loan. The period matured because you can generally only hold them for five years depending on the lender. And it's reverted back to principal and interest. So I can never do it again. And I think any good mortgage broker out there will always attest to, well, no, that's not true. You just need to look to take your loan somewhere else and get another five-year period with a new lender, which, given your financial situation, probably hasn't changed or potentially improved. Again, you're not saying, is one bank better than the other? You're saying, what am I trying to achieve with my loan and would it be beneficial for me to maintain an interest-only loan in the future. And if that means you have to change lenders, so be it. If that wasn't a good strategic consideration for people, we wouldn't have mortgage brokers. So again, let's not jump to I can or I can't. Let's have a more open-minded view of the words interest-only to why would I use it? Is it beneficial? And I would argue, yes, it is. Where you can pay down the outstanding loan over a period of time with money that you can get access to through the use of an offset account, as opposed to making an increased payment that you have no access to under principal and interest. I would argue that interest only is far more flexible when you incorporate an offset account because you effectively have a principal and interest loan, but 
anything that you put into that offset account over the course of 12 months or during the outstanding period of the loan, you can gain access to for fixing the roof, fixing the doors. It could also be funding capital for making super contributions. So let's not leap to, I can't, I can't. Let's lean into something and say, would it be beneficial for me to have this? And let's look at the pros and cons of your situation. Because it's not the right thing to do for everyone. It's just, I want to demystify or get people thinking that this could be really powerful. So a good example of that is we've seen a lot of interest rate increases over the last 12, 18 months and payments have gone through the roof. Now, if you have an investment property on a principal and interest loan and the interest rate payments have gone up far quicker than your rent has increased, then an interest-only loan may be a way to bring that negative cash flow position to a, a, a lower level to reduce it so that rent covers more of the interest cost, which then frees up after-tax income to keep an asset going. So there are a number of strategic considerations people should keep in mind. Now, of course, uh, interest only or principal and interest are not your only choices here because I know in the past I've had an mm. interest-only loan, which is also fixed interest, but it doesn't have to be. No, that's right. So, again, we, we need to break things down into sections and say interest only, principal and interest. Can I fix it? Yes. Can I go principal and interest and fix it? Yes. So, again, that's probably the next layer of your strategic consideration is to say, well, what's the fixed rate at the moment? Is it worth me doing it? How high is it? Am I paying a premium? Because we always need to keep in mind that fixed rates move first. And we saw that in 2022. As soon as there was an inkling of rising inflation, interest fixed rates jumped well before variable rates. And that's generally always been the case. And a falling of fixed rates can be an indication that looking forward in time, the, the lender is pricing in what is likely to occur considering the inflationary environment that we're in. So it's always about saying, is it good time to fix at, at, at record high levels in the last 10 years? Maybe not. At 1.99%, yeah, looks great. And those that did look back now and go, whoa, look how smart I was. Fantastic, great result. So again, assuming that it's good doesn't always mean that it's good for you. And I think if we can try and separate out interest only, pros and cons, principal and interest, pros and cons, fixed versus variable, pros and cons. They're the conversations that you're having with people in relation to the strategies that we consider. They're the, the, the advice topics that mortgage brokers are trying or should be explaining to lending clients so that they have you know, a good understanding of what is available to them. And most good advice providers would do that. So I think it's important that we, whilst there's a big bucket of terminology here, it's important that we break them down into why am I doing it and how is that beneficial for me going forwards. So I think people just need to come at it with that approach and they can always get the greatest amount of control over the assets and the way that they borrow when it comes to investment. One of the benefits of an interest-only loan if you're buying an investment property is that it kind of makes your accounting a whole lot easier, doesn't it? Because the interest payments are tax deductible, principal payments are not. Exactly right. And that comes back to saying, what am I trying to do with this asset? I'd like to hold it over the longer term to see capital appreciation, which is the general premise of most investments. Can I contribute as little as possible where you have a difference between the rent that you receive on an investment property, for example, or the dividends that you receive on um, an investment portfolio against 
the interest cost that I am paying for borrowing the money to buy the asset that I've selected. So it, it really is about trying to make sure that you're managing your cash flow. And, and for me, I'm, I'm pro getting things to a neutrally geared position because after that, you're making a principal payment that isn't helping you from a tax perspective. And for many, many years, you really didn't have negatively geared properties. And if you did have a negatively geared property in the last 10 years, prior to rates going up, the income generated from that asset must have been so bad that you weren't negatively geared at an interest rate of 2%. You'd need to question the quality of what you've owned and, and why you've owned it. Um, so at the moment, you're right. If, if you want to just look at it from a tax perspective, interest only is a clearer, simpler way of looking at, okay, what do I need from that property over the course of a year? What do I give to my accountant? Because you're right, the principal payment as such isn't completely deductible. And you find the same with, with, with car leases. People go, oh, I pay this much a month. That's all deductible. No, it's not. A small portion of what you pay on a monthly car lease is deductible. So again, it's about not assuming that something is or isn't something, rather understanding and breaking down the pros and cons of both decisions and saying, what's best for me? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, with an investment property, while you're paying interest only, you're obviously not reducing the principal that you owe mm. on that loan. But over time, hopefully the value of the property is increasing so yeah. that you're building equity anyway. Exactly. And, and that's where an offset account comes in and sits under it. Because if you get a tax return, for example, and you've got depreciation, or you've got dividends from an investment portfolio that is geared um, say through a home equity loan and the income increases and the interest rate falls, you're going to have more disposable income from that asset that you could put into the offset account. Bonus payments, inheritance, the sale of other assets. You're always trying to think, why have I got it and what is it doing for me? And I think I must have said that this week 150 times. And coming back to me with just because isn't an answer because we need to be strategic about the structure of our assets to try and maximise the opportunities in front of us so that we can have as much control over our retirement income as possible as we move towards that magical age, whatever that is. Magical age, yes, <laughs> all right. What should people consider when it comes to using an interest-only loan? Yeah, so think about the structure that's right for you. As we've just discussed, there are many different ways to do it and there are many layers of things that you need to consider. So I would be using an interest-only loan where you want to minimise the money that the bank takes. And I, if you, if you, if you or, want to... Or be, in other words, improve your cash flow. Yeah, that's right. So if you've got a principal-only loan and you've got to pay four grand a month in, in minimum payments, you might be able to go to an interest-only loan and pay three Yep. If you want to keep making 4000 a month because you like that, great, fill up the offset account. That's effectively a principal payment by putting money in the offset account. Don't just assume that a principal and interest loan because its rate is lower is better because when we're talking about the decision between the two, we're more trying to manage cash flow than the interest rate. Yeah. So don't be lured by, oh, but that rate's cheaper. Yes, it's cheaper, but under a principal and interest facility – you're going to be paying more anyway because of the nature and design of that loan. So we're trying to manage cash flow. We're not trying to manage the cheapest rate as such. Yeah. Be, be comfortable that you understand that a redraw facility and an offset account are different. Okay, A lot of people come in and go, oh, yeah, same, same. No, no, same, same, but different. Okay, You want an offset account because the purpose of your borrowing has not changed. If you're going to pull money 
out of that offset account for just about anything. If you have a redraw facility and you pull the money out and it's not for investment purposes, you can have a detrimental impact on what is deductible. So understand the difference and get some advice around the type and benefit of the choice that you make. Um, don't panic that it's interest only. As I said, fill up the offset account. You can pay it down. If you owe 150000 and you have 150000 in the offset account, great, you pay zero. You own that asset. But I like the fact that you've got 150000 in that example that's accessible for other opportunities like super contributions, like a deposit for another asset without having to go through the rigmarole of potentially um, a full loan application to get a deposit from something that you own. So think about why you're holding something. Be diligent with your cash flow. Don't give the bank any more than you need to. Um, and then make sure that you understand the difference between principal and interest and interest only as well as offset account and redraw because they're not all the same. Absolutely, and also fixed and variable. Correct, that's right. And again, it, it, there's advocates for both sides of the equation. Um, you know, a, a great example between the two would be if, if you're not a good saver, if you're a bit of a, a maniac when it comes to spending, then principal and interest might be better for you because it reduces the temptation of you not making a principal payment because you redirect funds elsewhere. If you are diligent, you are sharp with your savings and you're engaged with the process, then don't give the bank any more than you need and know your know your own traits, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm pro shopping, everybody knows that, um, but as a percentage of what? Not to the detriment of your investments because the faster you can get positive cash flow out of something, the sooner you can come and see someone like me and say, can I move to four or three days a week because I've got income from here because I was diligent and I paid things off. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today and we're talking about interest-only loans. Are they good? Are they bad? Or does it depend? Well, I think we've decided it depends. 100%. <laughs> it's about 11 minutes to five. Back with more in a moment. It's about seven minutes to five. Now, we've had a report that ANZ is experiencing some technical difficulties with uh, features like PayWave. Uh, so I guess if you're trying to use your magic card to pay for something, uh, that might explain why you're having trick, uh, having some trouble with that. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about taking out an interest-only loan. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Luke, mm. what do we need to remember when it comes to interest-only loans? Yeah. Look, I think before the ad break, we went into a fair bit of detail about the things people should consider. And really, the focus is not, is it good or bad? It, the question is, is it right for my situation and what are the benefits of considering it? So we want to think about the ability to manage cash flow overlooking at the headline rate because generally a, a principal and interest loan will have a lower rate when you're talking about investments than an interest-only rate. So again, don't be lured by a lower rate because it could still mean larger cash flow payments. Use an offset account over a redraw facility if you've got an investment asset. Um, fill up that offset account. If you do want to pay down the loan and own the asset, you can still do that with an interest-only loan. And as I said before the ad break, I have that a lot. Oh, but I want to pay it off. You can. Interest-only with an offset account is effectively a principal and interest loan, but you're giving bank less payments or a, a smaller amount of payment than you would be on a principal loan. So remember that. Um, get your property neutrally geared where you're trying to generate income in the future, pay it down. You know, we touched on holding it on an interest-only basis and hoping the value grows. But if you want to accelerate that and speed it up, get money in that offset account and, and, and fill it up. Um, get a broker involved. 
you know, they, they're very good at them, at, at what they do. Um, I'm, I'm yet to deal with one bank that rings me up and says, hey, this other bank's got an amazing deal at the moment. So that's where a broker can really add some value to your situation, not just about the rate, yeah. but understanding the appetite of a lender for your particular situation, very prevalent for self-employed people. Depends if you're talking about residential, are you talking rural, how much land do you have? So rather than going through all the rigmarole of doing the paperwork, in addition to working, only to find out that NAB won't lend on more than 50 acres to your frustration. You could have avoided that dealing with a broker because they know where it's going to fit. Um, so think about using a broker and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. That way you can get the best outcome and control your cash flow. And if you've got a property that's principal and interest and you've been with your lender for a while, shop it around. Move it interest only because rates have risen significantly. So the cost of borrowing has gone through the roof, as everybody knows. People's cash flow is under pressure. Life's expensive. If you want to dial down those payments for a bit and still be able to top up that loan, move from principal and interest to interest only and keep an offset account linked to it so you can pay it down so that you feel like you are moving forward positively. So, Luke, uh, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 6260-4749, envisionfinancial.com.au, the podcast, The Strategy Stacker. Luke talks money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got TikTok. The, the handle there is The Strategy Stacker. We've got YouTube Shorts and everything when it comes to lending and the considerations of borrowing is in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning. And... If you do want to consider joining the team, we have a position available at the moment. It's it's a part-time role, so we're looking for somebody three days a week. So if you'd like to apply for that, you can text an application to 041-3311-999. Text me your, your CV, or you can email that to luke at envisionfinancial.com.au. That's Envision with an E. So if you're looking for a job and you want to get into the industry and, and be part of a, a, a team, and, and work with the girls that we have there. Shoot me in your application because we've got a position that's ready to start immediately. Fantastic. So I guess the easiest one to remember is Luke at envisionfinancial.com.au. Spot on. Uh, people can't remember phone numbers. No. So, you know, it's too hard. Yeah. I don't remember my own phone number, for heaven's sake. That's why my number's so simple, just in case I forget. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right, Luke. Well, I won't be here next week, but uh, I believe the chances are you will be. Yes, look, I'll be here. That's right, exactly. Fantastic. Um, I'll be away for a week, but uh, Luke will be back in the studio again at the same time next Friday afternoon to talk money matters once again. Thanks very much. Safe travels. Luke Smith from Envision Financial. News is next.